The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Communications, staff, management, or advertisers. Activist Radio is on the air. You have tuned in to the Mark Harrington Show, sponsored by Created Equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win. You don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. It does come out in one piece. It comes out in one piece. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. And now, here's Mark. Moral revolution at light speed. That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Mark Harrington Show with your radio activist, yours truly, Mark Harrington. And you can find out more by going to markharrington.org. And also, I am the president of Created Equal, the pro-life organization based here in the Midwest. And uh, what we do is go to college and high school campuses using abortion victim photography and video to stimulate dialogue on the greatest human rights and justice of our day, which is uh, child killing or abortion. So we're going to be talking about the moral revolution at light speed. That's what we're witnessing here in America. Uh, I don't think anyone can deny it. Uh, It'd be nice to be ignorant towards it and try to act like it's not happening. But the truth of the matter is we are seeing a paradigm shift in morality in America. And it's been taking place for the last generation or so. But we are are at light speed now. Things are moving ahead so much quicker than before. And there's little I I think we can do to stop it right now. Uh, That doesn't mean we don't do our best. That doesn't mean we don't hold up the standard of Christ in the public square. Doesn't mean any of those things. We don't throw up our hands and give up. We don't roll over and play dead, but we got to figure, we got to be real. We got to be real that this is happening right before our eyes. We've had centuries where this stuff hasn't taken place, but really in the last 20 years, we've seen much of it happen right before our eyes. And what what am I talking about? People say, well, what are you talking about? Moral revolution. Well, if you just look at a couple of indicators, first of all, I want to talk about Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg and how they are the front runners for the Democrat nomination for president and what that represents as far as the moral revolution goes. I want to talk about this issue of abortion and specifically the abortion pill and how we are now seeing this whole debate transform right before our eyes. No longer are women going to abortion clinics per se or abortion mills, what do you want to call them, uh, at the rate that they were to have surgical abortions. Now women are doing it in their own homes. And what does that mean for the moral revolution? And then finally, our politics itself. Uh, You know, Bill Clinton or maybe it was Hillary said that that this was the... um, Uh, She said that uh, the politics of personal destruction, that's what she was talking about. Of course, the Clintons are probably worst at it. But what we've seen in the last 10 years or even further than that is the politics of personal destruction. That is smear campaigns instead of debating the issues. And that's what we're seeing. 
And all these things combine for what I consider to be the moral revolution, and it is happening at light speed. So that's what we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about Bernie and Buttigieg. We're going to be talking about this couple in Licking County, Ohio, that did had a do-it-yourself abortion and is being prosecuted for it, which is interesting in and of itself. Unfortunately, a baby had to die. And then thirdly, I want to, uh, I'm going to give my review on things that I like most. And that is a review of this movie uh, about Clarence Thomas. Uh, it's called Clarence Thomas in his own words, which is out in theaters and probably won't be there for long. Hopefully we're going to get around to talking about that today. So let's jump right in. Today we're going to be talking about Mayor Pete Buttigieg and Senator Bernie Sanders who are now the front runners for the Democrat nomination for president, winning, I think it was uh, Pete Buttigieg or maybe Bernie, I don't remember, but won Ohio, Iowa and Bernie Sanders won uh, New Hampshire, the New Hampshire primary. And what does that mean for America? Well, think about it. A major political party, and there are only two in, a, in, a, in the country, Republican and Democrat, a major political party is about ready to nominate for president an avowed socialist. I would go further than that. Bernie Sanders is a Marxist. He's an old red. Uh, I would even go as far as saying he's a communist. And this guy's on the verge of getting the Democrat nomination for president. Now, that means something, doesn't it? That thousands upon maybe millions of Americans are willing to vote for a guy who's a Marxist. I read a poll the other day that 79% of millennials would vote for a socialist. Now, if you don't think that's a moral revolution happening before our eyes, I, I don't know what would be. I mean, seriously. Uh, you know, the founding of America based on individual liberty and freedom, and now we are willing to hand over to a Marxist our government. At least half the country apparently is. And that's very scary. Think about it. Now, you add to that, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Mayor Pete Buttigieg is now one of the two front runners for president. Now, what makes Mayor Pete so different? Of course, and, and not many people actually know this, and I think maybe they're keeping it on the down low. I don't know. But Mayor Pete is a homosexual. Mayor Pete is married to another man. Now, you might say, well, Mark, you know, don't go there. That's politically incorrect. Well, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there, there's absolutely no way that America was ready for a first couple being gay. Uh, and a, you know, it just wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. And so that we're, the fact that we're there tells you something. Uh, I live in Ohio. In Ohio, in 2004, get this, in 2004, we passed a marriage amendment protecting marriage between a man and a woman. Heterosexual marriage was put up on the ballot and about 62% of Ohioans voted to protect marriage between a man and a woman. 2004, that's 16 years ago. In 16 years, we have gone from that to the likelihood, possibility of nominating to a the major party, political party's president, presidential candidate, a, an avow, a, a, a homosexual, homosexual. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And that tells you something. 
So in 2004, we protected marriage in Ohio. In 2015, we saw the Obergefell decision handed down that legalized America, uh, legalized gay marriage. And now we have uh, a homosexual man running for president who is married to another man. I mean, they, again, the moral revolution in light speed. It's on steroids. Add to that the fact that people consider Mayor Pete as a mainstream candidate. That's what the media wants you to believe, that he's somehow a moderate. Well, I guess maybe on some issues, he's moderate to the Marxist uh, Bernie Sanders. Maybe that's true. But on most other things, he's not. He's just as radical as all the rest of the Democrats. And specifically on the issue of abortion and infanticide. Mayor Pete has staked out a position just like all the rest of them for the most part. And that is he supports late-term abortion, abortion up to the very moment of birth, abortion in the birth canal, and even beyond that, infanticide. You don't believe me? Well, we're going to take a minute and we're going to listen to Mayor Pete and watch him tell us what his position is. Is now Mayor Pete is making the circuit, right? He's on the view, and that's where we're going to pick up here. Megan McCain, who is the daughter of the uh, late John McCain, Senator McCain, Megan McCain, who is pro-life, asks Mayor Pete about his what she considers an extreme position on abortion. Go ahead and play that clip. You and I think you're a really interesting politician. Britt Hume said that you are the most talented politician come up and rising. I agree with him. Um, and I actually think you understand the middle of the country probably because of where you're from. So I was really surprised. I saw an interview you did on a radio show where you were talking about abortion. And I think this got a lot of play in conservative media and conservative circles where you were talking about, and this is your quote, there's a lot of parts of the Bible that talk about how life begins with breath. So even that is something we can interpret differently. It obviously in my circles was passed around everywhere because I think the interpretation from pro-life people like me was that you meant a baby actually being born and then possible, you know, there's a lot of controversy with um, Governor Northam and what it means and what, what time a woman should be able to have an abortion. I just wanted you to clarify because I found that statement to be pretty radical. Well, uh, I'm just pointing to the fact that uh, different people will interpret their own moral lights and for that matter, interpret scripture differently. But we live in a country uh-huh. where okay. it is extremely important that no one person have to be subjected to some other person's interpretation of their own religion. I know we're not. uh, There you go. Well, there's a lot there. So here we are. Mayor Pete's on The View. Uh, Megan McCain, God bless her, the only pro-life person on the set, asks him a pointed question about his view on late-term abortion and infanticide. And Mayor Pete's position is this, that life begins at breath. Life begins at breath, and he cites the Bible in that. In other words, we all understand, you know, at creation, when God created uh, Adam and Eve, that he breathed life into Adam through his nostrils, and that's what made him a human, right? Genesis 2, verse 7. God breathed into his nostrils, he's talking about Adam, the breath of life. And it was then that man became a living being. So Mayor Pete is taking this passage of scripture and torturing it, twisting it, 
to apply to the issue of when life begins. Now, the problem with that is that this passage or this, you know, this passage in Genesis is descriptive, but not prescriptive. In other words, it's describing what God did in creating Adam, but it's not prescribing when life begins. You get that? There's a difference, right? There's a big difference. Uh, obviously, uh, Adam was created differently than every one of us since Adam, right? We were created through the act of procreation and sexual intercourse, right? Other than Jesus himself, I would say. So if, if Mayor Pete says that it's the breath of life and he's referring to Adam and that it means that we protect life or life begins at birth of a baby, in other words, the whole nine months, conception, all that, right to birth. If he believes that based on this scripture, then he also should believe that women, that life begins with women at the point where they take the rib out of another man. I mean, that's the only way to read this. That was a special situation, of course, when God created Adam and Eve, and he breathed life into Adam through his nostrils. Uh, so this is, this is awful theology, of course. And of course, he's not going to get challenged by the Democrats or the leftists or the mainstream media, the fake news. They're not going to challenge him on this. Uh, if you look at Scripture as, whole, as a whole, there's plenty of passages that talk about life beginning earlier in pregnancy, right? Psalm 139, of course. We know that one. We also know the story of Elizabeth and John the Baptist where she talks about the baby being leaping in her womb. Uh, you know, this could have been earlier than, say, six months, way early in pregnancy where the baby moved. And Elizabeth recognized that, called, and, and Scripture calls it the baby, brephos, little one, unborn child. So Mayor Pete is really good at torturing Scripture, really good at twisting at it, and, and twisting it, and that's what makes him so dangerous because people don't know their Bibles. He invokes religion, says he's a Christian, but believes life begins at breath, in other words, at birth, and people give him a pass. Oh, isn't that very thoughtful? Isn't Mayor Pete quite the uh, intellect, right? Uh, and then he says, you know, it's, it's not about religion. It's not about religion, and we shouldn't be forcing our particular views of religion on other people. Well, isn't that what Mayor Pete's doing? And that's what he's doing. He's saying life begins at breath. That's when we should draw the line. But then he goes on to say, well, really, we shouldn't draw the line at all. We should leave it up to the mother to decide. I mean, there are major problems with this, obviously. Uh, if you leave it up to the mother to decide, you're begging the question. You're basically saying that abortion is nothing more than getting your tooth pulled or some other elective procedure, maybe you know, having heart surgery or something else. And that's the problem. It's begging the question. When Mayor Pete says we should leave it up to women to decide, he's assuming, begging the question, that the preborn are not human. The, the preborn are not human. And if they're not human, of course, women would have the right to choose what they want to do uh, medically. Any other medical procedure is not about a moral issue. Uh, that's the problem. See, we have to go back to the pro-life syllogism. 
the pro-life syllogism. It's not about religion. It's about the facts, science and biology. When does human life begin? And the syllogism basically goes like this. Killing an innocent human being is always wrong. Number one. Number two, abortion kills an innocent human being. Number three, therefore, abortion is wrong. That's the pro-life syllogism. It has little to do with religion, although I think religion and Christianity speak to it, of course. But this is really about human rights. It's about human rights. And so Mayor Pete is wrong on the scriptures. He's wrong on the facts and science. You know, these guys are climate change activists, too. They'll talk, oh, the science. We know the science teaches that there's man-made climate, climate change, but they can't figure out when life begins. Mayor Pete will say it's at, birth, at breath, at first breath, because of uh, the story of Adam. And then finally, uh, he talks about infanticide. So go ahead and let's play the rest of the clip here. This is Mayor Pete. Buttigieg on The View with Megan, uh, Megan McCain. Not going to agree. Partial birth abortion is something that was coming up in, in, like I said, Governor Northam. It was a huge controversy when he was running for governor. I, I think people, even Democrats, and there are a lot of pro-life Democrats in the country, want to know exactly where your line is because you will be the president if you win. Right, but my point is that it shouldn't be up to a government official to draw the line. It should yeah. be up to the woman who's confronted with the choice. There you go, Mark. By the way, you got to love Megan McCain. Uh, McCain. Uh, she's the only one on The View that's pro-life, Christian, and she takes heed every time. And she does a great job in keeping him accountable. So he says, no government official. Again, begging the question, if abortion is not a moral evil, of course he's right. No government. I mean, it should be just up to whatever you want to do, right? You should have the freedom to decide what kind of medical procedure you want. But if abortion is a moral evil and the unborn are human at conception, then it shouldn't be up to the woman because it's no different than killing a born child. Now, these guys support infanticide. So they go as far as saying, well, you know, you can right to choose a, to take the life of a, a born child. It has to do, again, with the morality of abortion. We would never say that we should leave it up to racists to decide if they want to lynch a black person. We wouldn't. Because we understand that lynching a black person is a moral evil. We wouldn't say, oh, we're going to leave it up to anti-Semites as to whether they want to execute Jews. Why? Because we recognize that Jews are human beings. And so it all goes back to that question. What is the unborn? Who are they? Are they human? Are they human at conception? And if they are, then we need to treat them like the born, and women should not have the right to take their life. That's the bottom line. So let's move on. One more clip. This is Mayor Pete on The View with Megan McCain. I don't know. Uh, invoking fantasize after a baby was born, you'd be comfortable Does anybody seriously think that's what these I, cases I are think about? Think, think about the yes, situation. We do think yes. that, if this is a late-term situation, then by definition, it's one where a woman Wrong. was expecting to carry the pregnancy to term. Then she gets the most Wrong. perhaps devastating news of her life. We're talking about families that, that may have picked out a name, maybe assembling a crib, and they learn something excruciating and are faced with this terrible choice. And I don't know what to tell them 
uh, morally about what they should do. I just know that I I trust her and her decision medically or morally isn't going to be any better because the government is commanding her to do it in a certain way. I respect that. down from it, this is going to hurt you in the middle of the country with the Republicans you're trying to win over. People like me, this is a hard line. And quite frankly, that question, that answer is just pretty, it's just as radical as I thought it was. There you go. Megan McCain. I mean, you got to, you got to hand it to her. That took some courage to ask those questions. So let's deal with these real fast here. He says late term abortions by definition are excruciating because it deals with, and he didn't say this, but he's saying about the life of the mother. Uh, It's not true. It's just not true. And if it were, let's say it is true. Let's see that every late term abortion uh, deals with the issue of uh, deformity or something like that with the baby. The baby might die or, or, you know, you don't want the baby to be born with this type of uh, malady or whatever. Let's say that's true, which it's not, by the way, because a lot of women simply have late term abortions because they didn't have an abortion earlier and they waited too long. (laughs) That's what happens. But let's just say for the sake of argument that Mayor Pete's right, that they're all about medical issues about the pre-born and a late-term abortion. Let's assume that's true. See, Everett Koop, who is a former Surgeon General of the United States, said that there's never a case in which a baby's life needs to be taken in a late-term abortion to save the life of the mother. And the reason for that is you just deliver the baby alive and then you give them the proper neonatal care that they deserve. There's no reason to go in and murder the baby. You can deliver the baby alive through the normal process or through a C-section and still save the life of the mother. It's not threatening the life of the mother like an atopic pregnancy. It's not. Just because the baby uh, doesn't meet your standards and you don't want to bring them into the world, there's no reason to terminate that person's life to kill them in utero. Just none. There's no reason, no medical reason to do so. Deliver the baby alive and give them the proper neonatal care. That's what we should do as a humane country. So finally, let's move on. I want to fit this in here. This is the uh, the Mark, what Mark likes segment, I guess you could call it. What Mark likes. And what Mark likes this week is the new movie, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, which was uh, came out January 31st and is currently in theaters, folks. It won't be there for long, probably just another couple of days. I exhort you strongly to go see this movie. I exhort you strongly to go see this movie. Uh, this is a powerful story of courage and strength under pressure. Courage and strength under pressure. Uh, Clarence Thomas, you know, represents... Uh, you know, the kind of people that you know we should have in government. Uh, he ran to be the, uh, you know, he was nominated by George W. Uh, or George Bush, the first to be uh, on the Supreme Court of the United States. And the movie is really good. It talks about his story coming from a very poor background uh, and then making his way up the ladder, getting his law degree and then being nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. And then uh, we all, if you've been around long enough like me or even just understand history, what happened to him in 1991 in the Supreme Court hearings in the U.S. Senate, where he was uh, taken through the, the grind, just like our uh, 
just like uh, Justice Kavanaugh was. And so they, they show that process. They show the testimony where he says that this is a high tech lynching. And, you know, it's just a very encouraging movie because it talks about uh, Clarence Thomas, in his own words, talks about how he prevailed over the smear campaign of the left. And unfortunately, it's not gotten any better. In fact, it's gotten worse. We've just seen, you know, what, a year and a half ago, the uh, Justice Kavanaugh nomination go down into the gutter with these false accusations of sexual impropriety and harassment, sexual, uh, you know, the crimes they committed him or, or uh, you know, uh, accused him of. And we see the Trump investigations. Nothing's changed. In fact, unfortunately, I think it's become worse. It's more harmful to our democracy. But Clarence Thomas prevailed through it all. And that's why it's such an encouraging movie. I would ask you to go, if you can, exhort you to go see this movie, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas, in his own words, in theaters for the next couple of days at least. So here we go. There we go. The Moral Revolution on Lightspeed. At light speed, Mayor Pete, Bernie Sanders, and then the uh, the movie Clarence Thomas or the created equal Clarence Thomas in his own words. So go see that at theaters across America. Don't lose hope, folks. Let's keep the keep up uh, the, holding up the standard in the public square, and uh, leave the results to God. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America, and remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808, 614-269-7808, or go online to createdequal.net, createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.